This was the Halo game that made me realize that Master Chief is a military title. And not just the big green man's name. Yeah, I've always been confused about that. Because, like, what's the deal? He doesn't get a promotion? He just stays at Master Chief? I mean, is there something high? I mean, Admiral, but he's General? not going to push 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 pencils, you know? Well, probably, like, he's Senior in... Master Chief. Military titles are the fucking wildest thing. Because there's not... I can't make rhyme or reason out of the order of them. Because it's like, I'm the private. Okay, well, that sounds low. And then Lieutenant. Whoa, Lieutenant sounds pretty high. Nah, man, there's like a thousand things above Lieutenant. And then one of them uh, uh, just gets to be called Master. Oh, what are you? I'm the captain. I'm in charge. Well, I'm the Master Chief. Whoa, shit. That sounds okay. amazing. I, so if you're Master Chief, you get to have a suit where you can poop your pants. And like everybody's cool with it. And it yeah. takes care of your poopy for you. Yeah, if you yeah, get yeah. Promoted, presumably, because you know, you get better and better outfits when you get promoted. That's what they call yeah. it. Yeah in the right. military what like where do you go from there that feels that feels like you know kind of that super, actually super master chief yeah that makes sense though because he my understanding is my deep understanding of the halo lore he cannot take the suit off so maybe that's why he's just stuck at master chief oh yeah so he's I, just I, pooping I, forever i'm looking at the list now there's so many things it's like a mid-rank it's like the sixth thing you get is Master Chief Petty Officer. And then Wait, he's can, a petty next, officer? I think that so. That sounds very puny. Right. The next one above it is Chief Warrant Officer. That should at least, he should at least be there by now, right? Seems like it. I'm just going on go, strike. Yeah, I, 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 I really hate to go back to the, the pooping, but do you Please. think no, it's you don't. Halo? No, you fu- don't. You, don't you fucking lie to me. Do, no, do you, you don't. You love that. Do you think it's called a Halo Infinite because he doesn't have to, like, eat or drink anymore? Like, he is an infinite oh. machine of his own filth? Yeah, there's one foot-long Subway sub in there that is sustaining him for his <laughs> entire journey across the cosmos. <laughs> what kind of foot-long is it? I mean, he's got a, probably one densely packed with protein, a cheesesteak, perhaps. Yeah, meatballs. Meatballs, yeah. Something he can really um, recycle. (laughs) (laughs) My name is Griffin McElroy, and I know the best game of the week. My name is Christopher Thomas Plant, and I know the best Spartan of the week. My name is Russ Farshick, and I know the best game of the week. Welcome to the Besties, a show where we talk about the latest and greatest in home interactive entertainment. It is a video game club that goes all year round, and just by listening, you're a member. That was the best I've done that crushed so far. Crushed it. I, I think was, I did a pretty I damn good fucking job. Fucking crushed it. Thank, well, the cussing. Today we're going to be discussing <laughs> Halo Infinite, uh, a game that you have been able to play on internet with friends or enemies or strangers for what, like a month now. Uh, but now the the Ding Dang campaign is out, so we're gonna we're gonna really get into it. Actually, thinking about it, we have discussed the Halo multiplayer quite a bit. Um, Chris, what is Halo Infinite? Halo Infinite is the latest in the Halo series. It, I mean, it's it's a mega sequel. You have to know so much lore to understand what the hell is going on in this game. No but it kind of feels like a reboot. Also, it's open world Halo with a grappling hook. And we'll talk more about it right after this break. This episode of The Best These is sponsored by Aura Frames. All right, so... 
You know, there are a number of people in your life that are not necessarily the most technologically savvy. I'm sure immediately names jump to your mind. Those are the sorts of people that you would say, oh, maybe they would want a digital picture room in their house, but they wouldn't necessarily be able to like set it up and get it working and add new pictures and stuff like that. That is where Aura Frames comes in. It's a digital picture frame that allows you to basically upload any photos that you have directly to the frame. You don't need them to do any work. In fact, you could even set it all up before they even open the box. You have the account set up. You just have to connect it to their Wi-Fi. And once that's done, everything happens over the internet. So you can add new photos, you can do whatever you want, and it all works completely smoothly. I set it up for my grandmother, who's 95 years old. I set it up for my mom, who's 70 years old. And they both love their aura frames and they love seeing the pictures and new photos of the family all being added without them having to do anything. So I'd highly recommend it. I'm really, really happy with it. And right now, you can save on the perfect gift that keeps on giving by visiting AuraFrames.com. For a limited time, listeners can get $20 off their best-selling frame with code BESTIES. That's A-U-R-A frames.com, promo code BESTIES. Terms and conditions apply. I feel like this is a good sort of warning, maybe. And we're not going to talk about spoilers in this game, mostly because I haven't actually gotten to play that much of the campaign. <laughs> but uh, you really do need to have played the other Halo games. Yeah, it's and not, silly. Not, not like one, two, three, like the other three, four, three Halo games. Okay, can I can I address four, that five. really quick? Yeah. Yes. So I played four. I really didn't care for four, Halo 4. No, it's not I good. skipped five because everyone said it was bad. Right. But I did, but after playing like the first few minutes of Halo Infinite, I went and watched the end cutscene of Halo 5 thinking like, oh, that guy that this you see at the beginning of it up. Halo Infinite must be in that. No. But he wasn't. He's not, no. no. It, you you want to know what ties the this game together? Yeah. Halo Wars 2. You played that one, right? Fuck off. Oh, my oh boy. Who's got yeah. the time? Uh no, I, Halo Wars is a good is a good series. The first one was I didn't play the second one. Uh, you, you like uh, uh, this isn't a spoiler. It's kind of about Cortana and like where's Cortana and what happened to Cortana? She was evil last time I we saw her. I'm pretty sure, yeah, pretty sure that's what was going on. Um, but like very first mission, it's like, oh, who are you? I'm the character you sent to find Cortana. Oh. Uh, that must have happened in five because I think everyone skipped that one. Uh, so, so I I don't know. It's nothing that kept me from enjoying my time with the Halo Infinite campaign, but it it it, it is surprisingly lore dependent. Yeah, I was uh, kind of I, which I was not expecting, I, considering they've labeled this sort of as a as a reboot. I feel like every Halo game starts with Master Chiefs floating in space, and I kind of wanted to just be like, hey, here's a new planet, and here's all these people that you've never met before, and we're just gonna start from scratch. Yeah. And um, that didn't happen cool. here, but that's okay. I know people like the lore. I know people like the characters of Cortana and Master Chief. So sure, they're course. back. Uh, sort although of. Master Chief is peak Master Chief in this one. He is. Literally, the, my man in, in the first few hours of the game does not say a sentence longer than three words. And almost all of them like, are like someone saying, hey, are you sure you should go in there? And him saying like, "There yeah. are they oh. sure that they I should be there <laughs> that's even too long that's even too long i'm talking about the the pilot who is like in the trailer and is a major character throughout this whole game 
uh, is like whose name is a number. Thanks, thanks three four three. Those are easy to remember. You're lucky I can remember your fucking numbers three four three. Um, but he, like he's Master Chief is wandering into a big room, and the pilot's like, "How do you know this isn't a trap?" And Master Chief is like, "I don't." By the way, I'm kind of sick right now, so my Master Chief impression is spot off on. The fucking chains, yeah, yeah. really good. Um, um, yeah, I don't think we can dwell on the lore too much. Um, no. Chris, you have played the most of it out of all of us, right? Because you, yeah. you got it pretty early. While uh, I think me and Russ got it yesterday afternoon. Yeah. So, can okay. you, why don't you why don't you sort of lead this talk about the campaign before we get into so the multiplayer? We <sighs> the lore doesn't matter because the video game is uh, you get a grappling hook this time and you can yeah. grapple hook to enemies and then you can punch them in the face so hard that electricity goes everywhere. And that's that is the entire video game. Oh, that that's grappling hook, also you can climb pretty much anything with it after like one upgrade. So for yeah. me, the surprise of Halo Infinite was that it it's just crackdown. Like it's like first person crackdown. Yeah, that's right. Video game. That's interesting. That's yeah. interesting. By the way, you just slipped in the fact that there's upgrades. Which I don't believe. Again, maybe it was in five. I'll never know. Uh, but there's like permanent character upgrades during the campaign, which is a weird thing for a Halo yeah. title. Yeah, I feel like it very much follows the model of Ubisoft. I mean, the you know, obviously there are bad open world Ubisoft games, but the like core idea of like after a first uh, the first couple intro missions, you are dropped into an open world. In that open world are like bases to clear out. And like upgrade points to find that you can then spend to increase your grappling hook ability or increase your sense threat sensor ability. It's like it's like five like different types of skills, each with like I think five upgrades in it. It is not like super deep, That's which true. I think is yeah. which I think is the, good because it's still weird to me. The, that this the big problem with there, but... this is the grappling hook is the only thing that you need in the entire game. Um, mm. and to, you like have to give up the grappling hook to use those other things. So there's like a shield and there is a, uh, like a beacon that will find invisible in enemies. And anytime I don't have my grappling hook equipped, I feel like I'm not the full master chief, which sounds yeah, silly, but that is that is the hook of Halo for me now. The the, the grappling hook is such a like <laughs> mega addition to the game that I it, it should just be the core feature of the game. And any like removing the core feature of the game is never gonna feel. Yeah, it, it would be like if you were playing Breath of the Wild and every time you want to climb up a wall, you needed to equip gloves. That's basically yeah. what it's like. Uh, and it. Uh, yeah, I think part of it is just like they struggle to like sort of integrate the other upgrades in as naturally as the hook feels. I think they work, and we'll talk about this in a little bit, but I think they work more in areas that are like more linear and like there are like more story driven areas that are like not in the open world necessarily. And yeah. in those scenarios, the shield and the threat sensor and stuff like that become more helpful. But the hook is still hella fun. Even if you're in a corridor, shooting it's down a corridor right at someone is fucking awesome. It's so fun. That's that's. It's got weird 
like almost tribes energy where yeah. you can shoot the grappling hook at the ground like 15 feet in front of you. And then as soon as you hit where it hooked, you press the slide button and you go approximately 400,000 miles an hour. Yeah, the momentum really, is really amazing. It, uh, yeah, it, Tribes, it does remind me of Tribes and also uh, Just Cause. It feels like that yeah, sure. hook from it, Just Cause. If you've never played like the Halo games, and this sounds so silly to you that we are talking a lot about a grappling hook, a feature that has been present in video games since the dawn of time. Uh, the, this game, uh, and and destiny obviously there's like a lot of dna share between them are all about the sandbox which is yeah. sort of a generic term for like all of the all of the game design stuff that they sort of it's, it's especially prevalent in an open world where they just toss you in there they say here's how the world works and here's all the different things you can do in it and how those different things interact now go have fun and the halo sandbox hasn't been dramatically changed since I think uh, three is when they first started to include like uh, tools and equipment and stuff that you can use, like the barrier you can throw down or the jump jet you can throw down uh, or the jetpack. Uh, and then they, you know, focused a little bit more on aim down sights instead of just being a, uh, you know, a hip fire game for the most part. Uh, the grappling hook really does change that sandbox pretty dramatically because. Master Chief ain't the most mobile of dudes. He's a big green heavy friend. Uh, and that, that I don't know, it really changes it all. Yeah, I, w uh, yeah. Like, I keep thinking about Halo and like how there's this legend of Master Chief, right? Like everyone in the Halo universe knows about Master Chief, knows he's a total badass. But when I think back to the moments of him being a badass in the older games... They are all cutscene moments. It's all like, yeah. oh, he's skydiving from space. That's fucking right. cool. The actual minute-to-minute -minute gameplay. Now, granted, his body count, pretty fucking impressive. He's killed right. like thousands of Covenant. Well done. But the actual things you're doing are like pretty typical first-person shooter guy things. Like you're just right. running around and shooting guys a lot and throwing grenades and pretty typical. This is the first game where I've played it and felt that like quote master chief legend in the actual gameplay in the yeah. same way that like doom 2016 same idea where That's you're running around and you feel like an unstoppable monster and everyone is terrified of you like when the grunts see you in this game the little guys and they go oh no it's the master chief i get it now because goddamn, i'd be fucking terrified too if someone was grappling at my face and then punching me right. to death yeah I, I i think there's a reason for that which i mean fresh you mentioned just cause earlier yeah and i think this has the same structure as just cause not just the grappling hook but like you are it is guerrilla warfare once you go into the open world where there are these bases all over the place and you are busting in there and a number of the like missions are, oh, you hit a button that raises up the energy cell that is fueling the base and then you like destroy the place. I mean, you like literally explode it. And at first, you know, everyone's very confident that they will destroy you. There are um, effectively like these uh, propaganda speakers uh, yeah. across the, the world where <laughs> the grunts are like giving podcasts about how great they are and how much they can destroy you. Um, but as you just obliterate this planet, uh, that obviously changes. And it feels like you are against, like the odds are against you, that you are a one man wrecking crew. Um, 
in a way that you know the the kind of corridor versions of Halo don't because they they do feel out of your control. I, you know, Halo every other Halo game for me feels like if I set the controller down and it just kept moving forward, it would kind of play itself. That's all. That's all sandbox stuff, though, right? Like the sandbox is fucking excellent. It's it's the most fun. The stuff that you in the campaign that you everything around the sandbox in the campaign, especially in the uh, like not open world segments, are pretty, in my opinion, pretty boring. Okay, uh, I have not I have not enjoyed that as much. Yeah. So if you are at home and you're curious, you should know. I would say, like, the first, Griffin, you know, because you played it twice because it crashed. The first, like, 45 minutes are, like, linear, like, corridor stuff, correct? Classic Halo. I mean, yeah, it, well, not not classic Halo, right? Because uh, yeah. the, this the, the whole game is the silent cartographer once you hit the open world stuff, right? Like, that, there was some of that in there. It was big. It was a big linear map, essentially, back in the day. Right. Um, but it was so big that, like, you know... It was fun, and also the sandbox was new, and I spent, you know, two days playing with my friends trying to flip a warthog over the rock arch. Like, that that stuff was very... But, that stuff had staying power. In this one, it's just like, let's run through a, a black and red bad guy ship, uh, and, okay, just but do, and let's just keep doing that. Let me, and it let me, was, let me it was address that good. real quick, okay. because it's important that people remember, and, and I had the same thought as you. When I think back to Halo... It's the silent cartographer, which is that first mission when you land in the Halo Combat Evolved and you're on the planet and you have the Warthog and you drive around and fuck shit up. That's what I think of Halo. The truth is, that's like 30% of Halo, whereas most of Halo are like very linear, like you're on a Covenant ship and like doors are opening for you and it's a lot of corridors and a lot of like small stuff. The best levels were always that open those open levels but they were never the vast majority of what you were doing which is why it's so cool that this game basically made the bulk of it uh you know that. one big silent cartographer yeah. mission exactly but there's there's stuff that isn't that i guess i'm saying and like the the linear missions in past halo games have not been i mean you're on this like really really bland future tech bad guy ship yeah. and you're shooting and you're shooting a bunch of covenant You've been shooting for uh, thirty years now. I, I when did Halo come out? Probably not thirty years ago when I was <laughs> when I was four years old. Uh, Twenty years. I, it it it's just, it was it's a bad start. Yeah, so it is. I, I I agree. But I I I I like the start a little bit. I I think it's at least trying to be a little bit more cinematic than classic Halo, where you are you know flying through space. You, you know, it's not cutting to the cutscene. Um, that said, it probably the weakest part of the game, the linear stuff does get much better. So there are these linear sequences that lead to boss fights that I personally liked because visually it's very repetitive. Uh, It is a series of go into a different shaped room and destroy everything inside. But because it's very, it's even more physics based now than before. And you have all these, you know, accessories, it becomes like, um, I don't know, like a playground of like, oh, there are these different types of explosives every, everywhere. Can I, you know, destroy everything in this room just using my grappling hook or just picking up uh, exploding barrels or just using a sniper rifle before they even see me? Um, in a weird way, like 
the Batman Arkham Asylum comparison clicks for me, where like that game had similar kind of muted indoor settings, but the fun was, okay, how am I going to clear this room this time? Right. I, don't, I don't think it's as good as the open world. I agree with you. But it is a gajillion times better for me than general Halo corridor sessions where I felt like it was like, okay, now I'm going to shoot some more stuff and keep moving forward. Yeah, I played through the first... I think it's the first mission that you get to the tower um, in the open world, which is the tower. Right. Exactly. And the tower starts. There's like a base that you have to clear out and you complete some basic objectives. And then you get like airlifted into this giant tower that you're kind of running up ramps and a bunch of corridors and enemies and stuff like that. You're right. Like, I like that more than the intro just because I had more tools at my disposal at that point. But it did feel like a downgrade. What was cool to me, though, is after I, I, you know, at the end of that mission, you're basically at the top of this giant tower. And I looked up and there was there were some like struts and stuff like that above me, but they were super high up and using like momentum and like crazy jumps. I managed to get myself on top of the tower itself. And that felt like oh, this is awesome. Like that that felt like a Breath of the Wild moment where I like fought the physics to get myself up there. Super and satisfying. There was like a funny, yeah, there's like a funny nod to Craig, the poorly animated um, brute that uh, was in brute. the first Halo yeah, demo Jesus. up there. So like, I'm glad that they allow for that stuff. And I think it provides like a lot more variety and expandability. Even basic stuff just like, climbing using the rope to climb up to the top of a mountain so you can start uh assaulting a base by sniping instead of just running in feels very fucking cool one one uh piece of advice uh for folks who are playing this you do get those upgrade points the first two things that you should buy are the first two upgrades for the grappling hook because one of them, I think it's the second or third one, it's a second allows you, it cools down faster so that you can basically use the grappling hook to climb. That it'll cool down fast enough that you can just keep going higher and higher if you keep spamming the grappling hook. And I do not know how you would get around parts of the game uh, without that. So I would prioritize that. Okay, we're gonna take a quick break, and then we're gonna talk to you about the the to do it with all with every ma- with all the Master Chiefs to do it to pl- to play Halo with all the Master Chiefs. By which I mean your friends. Everybody's pooping, y'all. You already know how much I love our sponsor of the week, Rocket Money. They make it so easy to get your personal finances on track especially stop worrying about all these subscriptions that you have that you don't necessarily need. Keep the ones you want. Get rid of the rest. Here's how it works. Rocket Money is a personal finance app that finds and cancels your unwanted subscriptions, monitors your spending, and helps lower your bills. They'll even try to get you a refund for the last couple months of wasted money and negotiate to lower your bills for you by up to 20%. All you have to do is take a picture of your bill and Rocket Money takes care of the rest. That might sound too good to be true. I have tried it myself on multiple different monthly payments I have and it's worked, which is incredible and so much easier than getting on the phone with all these companies and trying to wrangle this yourself. 
Rocket Money has over 5 million users and has helped save its members an average of $720 a year with over $500 million in canceled subscriptions. So cancel your unwanted subscriptions by going to rocketmoney.com slash besties. That's rocketmoney.com slash besties. Rocketmoney.com slash besties. You go get a phone. You just want a phone to talk to your friends and family. You're not asking so much. Then you get these contracts and you get ripped off because you got all this fine print little details and all of a sudden they're sucking money out of your pocket like some sort of digital leech. You know, the contract may sound good uh, up front, but there's always some sort of catch. You know who's not going to do that to you? Not going to pull that nonsense? Mint Mobile. Their wireless plans. There is no catch. $15 a month when you purchase a three-month plan. Mint Mobile's secret sauce is that they cut out the cost of retail stores and pass those savings directly on to you. You want to pay hundreds of dollars for, like, literal hundreds of dollars for your wireless plan? Or do you want to have a nice, easy solution, save some, put the bucks back in your pocket, pay 15 bucks a month? Say bye to your overpriced wireless plan's jaw-dropping monthly bills. The unexpected overages sound familiar? To get this new customer offer and get your new three-month unlimited wireless plan for just 15 bucks a month, go to mintmobile.com slash besties. That's mintmobile.com slash besties. Cut your wireless bill to 15 bucks a month at mintmobile.com slash besties. Additional taxes, fees, and restrictions apply. See Mint Mobile for details. I feel like that we can summarize this pretty quick because we've already, one, we've talked about it a lot already, but two, like we've said already in this episode, the the sandbox of this game is really fun. It is fun to just be in the world and do things and use all the different rad weapons, which, man, hats off to 343. Pretty much every weapon in this game, you can you can get up to some gnarly shit Super with. fun, yeah. Uh, a really, 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 really good balance and design there. Uh, but the sandbox is amazing, and that's all the multiplayer is, is, is you messing around in the sandbox with other people in the same sandbox. And also, the other thing is fucking free. So that feels like a pretty easy endorsement on my part to pretty much anybody who has a, a computer or an Xbox to just get it and start playing it because it's really fun. Yeah, if you're, if you're intimidated, uh, maybe you don't play a ton of online shooters, now is kind of the perfect time to try it a, it's free, as Griffin mentioned, but also B, um, because it's free, the audience of people playing it is just very broad. And uh, so you're going to play against a lot of other people that also don't play a lot of online shooters. And you might feel like you're doing pretty good. Um, yeah. I felt pretty satisfied with my skill set, uh, whereas these days I usually just get totally creamed in multiplayer. So that was pretty satisfying. Yeah, it's it's they've done some things with the multiplayer to make things a bit easier and a bit more uh, accessible. I'm thinking about like um, the way that they manage like headshot damage versus body damage makes it so that like, uh, again, this is going to get really granular, but a lot of weapons are like this. With the battle rifle, uh, if you get like three bursts on someone's body and then just like one shot on the head, it will kill them with the exact same speed as someone who, you know, gets nothing but headshots. So it's not like the math they have done there has made the game less uh like pinpoint precision based and more about just like 
getting the angle and using the sandbox correctly and yeah it feels you know, more tactical than it than yeah uh, uh, like uh, a normal shooter like apex or something i guess i mean any shooter really like destiny doesn't work that way call of duty i don't think works that way in those games if you get nothing but headshots you'll kill anybody who who you know doesn't yeah i, um, I the, the the experience that i haven't had yet and i think this is probably because the forge which is like the mode creator thing isn't live yet is just like the classic experience is like getting a bunch of friends together in the same large map and you know picking your parameters and having like a golden eye type night of it right. um which i haven't been able to do yet but like that you know because the sandbox is so much fun you know ordinarily when you're playing the game um, the grappling hook in multiplayer is limited. So you ha- pick it up and then you can only fire it like three or four times and then it doesn't work anymore. Yeah. You could easily set up a mode where grappling hooks for everyone are unlimited and just go right. you go fucking buck wild with it. There's so much variety that I can just see expanding out of this sandbox long term, which makes sense because they more or less are going to build this in the way that Call of Duty is, Call of Duty Warzone is built, which is this is the multiplayer platform for Halo for the foreseeable future like things are not changing anytime soon so uh they're gonna go pretty ham on it i would also say you don't have to be that nervous if you play big team battle because like your individual contribution isn't quite as important yeah and you can just and also there are lots of really stupid ways to kill people in big team battle like you know hitting them with a vehicle or landing a a a big a big alien spaceship on them or there's there's so many ways to just like have fun without that minute to minute like, oh man, my KD ratio is so sick right now. Yeah, I, I've I've never liked the look of Halo games. I, I don't know, there was something always like muddy and incomplete and polygonal that didn't click for me. But I, I've really come around to appreciate what they're doing. And I don't I guess this is just the most refined version of it, or maybe I'm just finally seeing it. But it, it it's like a cartoon aesthetic that doesn't keep any fluff around so you can focus on the action yeah that makes sense like there's there's nothing extra so some of the maps in in the multiplayer almost look like user generated maps and maybe they use like the same tool that users can use to create their own stuff i don't i don't don't know um but i i really appreciate that now and and maybe i'm just older and less good at video games but i i feel like i can read the map instantly like i i hop in almost like a nintendo 64 game like i get dropped in it and i'm like okay i get where the the sight lines are i get where the corridors are i get where i need to go like let's do it and i mean that goes for the single player too it kind of has that that breath of the wild aesthetic where it's so simple that (laughs) there are moments that are beautiful but there are also moments where it's like is there supposed to be a texture here (laughs) or is it just supposed to be green uh, they also added a lot of um, accessibility stuff. I'll, I'll just say, specifically for me and my colorblindness, all of the enemies that you're facing, you can change the like highlight that is around them. I think by default, it's blue and your team is... Uh, I'm sorry, by default, it's red and your team is blue. I changed all the enemies to being pineapple colored, which I guess is just like a bright yellow. And if someone is across the map trying to snipe me, but they are bright fucking yellow in front of me. I can see them instantly. It's great. <laughs> so well done, guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, I don't know what else to say. I, I am late to playing the multiplayer. Uh, I only started playing it when 
the fan was in Seattle and Justin had brought his laptop and had it hooked up to a hotel TV. And I just like went over there. I was like, all right, let's try this out. And that was a really fun way to step into it. Yeah. Because it's it's fun to watch someone play the game and to like be watched playing the game because it, th- there's like a, the first time I picked up the, oh God, what's it called? The stake, the gun that shoots the stakes out that pins people to walls. Oh yeah, the giant like slowly reloading one. Yeah, you just like shoot a rail out that yeah. you can impale people with. The first time I used that to like kill a flag carrier, it was like me and Justin just like cheering uh, because it was such a rad thing that I was not expecting. S- speaking of uh, the sandbox, I saw a video. So that giant stake launcher, if you're firing at someone and at that very same second, they switch weapons, they drop their weapon in front of them the stake can hit the weapon in midair and save them from being killed. That's hysterical. <laughs> yeah, that doesn't seem like something you'd be able to easily... No, you play. couldn't. But it, it just goes to show, like, a lot of this stuff, in the same way that Breath of the Wild is sort of physics-determined, same thing here. Like, it could very easily be like, you know, whatever. Oh, it's an instant kill. There's nothing actually yeah. traveling through the air. But here they're actually, like, factoring that stuff in to determine whether you get killed or not. Which yeah. seems cool to me. This game rules. I, I, I know we'll be talking about it more during the Gotti discussion with Justin. So I, I think like we'll get a little bit more time in, maybe finish the game, and then... I yeah. do want to say just, I think, there's been a lot of talk about the like free-to-play, progr- um, like unlockable progression, what you're paying for versus not. I think there's still a lot of room for improvement on that front. Um, yeah. Especially when you compare it to another free-to-play game Fortnite, which just from a, like a what they're offering standpoint, you know, right now, Halo, the one of the things that they're being dragged for, I think rightfully, is they're asking people to pay money for specific like armor colors, which is fine, but they're locked to like specific armor sets. And there's just like a lot of like nested, very limiting customization stuff that feels a little overdone. I think this yeah. stuff will improve as the game ages and they sort of figure out what's okay versus not. But that is just one minor thing that I think, uh, you know, I mean, you don't have to spend money. There's no reason to. But if you do decide to spend money, just be mindful and careful of what you're getting because it wouldn't necessarily be as useful as you think it might be. Yeah. All right. Uh, do we have any questions from the audience? We do. Uh, the first one is from Will. Are there any recentish games that can scratch the same itch as a Halo land party in the 2000s? Uh, I mean, I think Smash Ultimate certainly would do the trick on that, and you wouldn't even need to set up a land; you could just do it on yeah. same screen. It, not necessarily land, but I think Splitgate is like the kind of other heir to the Halo throne for people who are into that part of it. Yeah, it it's also funny like LAN, like LAN obviously at this point is kind of pointless. Like all these games are designed for people to just bring their laptops or their cell phones even to the same room and just like play that way, which is awesome. Right. Logistically speaking, LANs were a giant pain in the ass. So I'm glad such a pain in the ass, but the most fun like They were great. The the pain in the ass part was almost the point. Yeah. Because it's like, yo, we got 16 Xboxes all connected uh with a sort of uh, deep god esque uh, arrangement of ether <laughs> Ethernet wires, um, and so like we already spent so much time on this, so nobody's leaving. 
nobody can leave until we've played until it's 4 a.m. Uh, I don't I don't know that I've ever played. I I don't know I've ever recreated that experience. Certainly not recently. Not since I've you know since we had kids. Yeah, I think it's uh, a it's a young man's uh, game. As it were. <laughs> Fancy, yeah. <laughs> uh, I mean, online stuff like I, for me, it's still Destiny too because I have a lot of buddies that play that and. You know, making a six six person party to do a raid or Iron Banner or something like that. Like that's probably the best online multiplayer stuff I've had in recent memory. Yeah. Uh, and I got one more question here from Mike. As a lifelong PlayStation owner, the PlayStation's life, not mine. What is Halo? Also, is it worth getting on Game Pass to play from the start? Oh, and get to Infinite. So, like, play all of the games in order yeah. or go straight into Infinite. I don't know how to answer the what is Halo question, so maybe I'm just going to skip that one. <laughs> it's a, I mean, it's a, it's it's a, a shooter. Very, it's a formative, like, first-person shooter. A, a, like, you're a PlayStation it, person, so uh, how about this? It's like Killzone, but better. <laughs> like, but, yeah, good, but good. <laughs> not, but not terrible. Got him. Um, Got him. Yeah, uh, should you play from the beginning? No. Here's the thing. Absolutely not. Absolutely not. They are just very basic and hard to play, I think, these days with modern gameplay sensibilities. When they first came out, they were amazing, very impactful. But uh, just jump into Infinite. Uh, You know, you'll get a little lost on the story. But honestly, I've played all of the Halo games and I'm completely lost on the story. So it's fine. I, I just do it. Just play the multiplayer. Like, you don't have to worry about the plot stuff. Like just try the multiplayer, and maybe you'll like it, or maybe you won't. It's free. I mean, this is the fun of Game Pass, right? Like, yeah, yeah, right. If, if you if you're going to try it with Game Pass, like just try it, and if you don't vibe with it, there's like a trillion other things you can try. Anybody been playing anything else that's been fun to play? Um, I spent like 15 minutes this morning with Loop Hero on the Switch. Is it out now? As of this morning, it is out. Okay. Um. We talked a lot about Loop Hero earlier this year, uh, and I recently tried to describe it. It's a weird card game strategy, whatever. Um, Please look it up if you're not familiar with it. It's hard for me to sort of summarize. But uh, I was a little bit concerned because so much of that game is like using a mouse to very quickly move stuff around. They have come up with a very smart controller solution for that game when you're changing equipment, you hold down the right trigger and it instantly snaps you to the equipment. When you're changing cards, you hold down the left trigger, it instantly snaps you to the cards. And then when you're placing stuff, you are kind of moving the analog stick as if it were a mouse, but that's relatively minimal considering. Um, I, it felt good to me. Felt felt like uh, Loop Hero on Switch, certainly easier than like resting a laptop on my, uh, you know, yeah, lap. Man, and, I, I, uh, so if you dug Loop Hero... And or if you didn't touch it and you like kind of card based strategy games, uh, definitely check it out because it's dope as hell. One of my favorite games I, of the year. Yeah, me too. I can't wait uh, to to play it on Switch. I think I, I would have played more of it if it had been a Switch like launch uh, or it launched on Switch. Yeah. Alongside PC. I mean, I've just been playing more Binding of Isaac. Uh, I, I, oh, I turned on Endwalker, the Final Fantasy 14 expansion. Uh, long enough, long enough to make a beautiful bunny man, and then wait—you made a regret- new character? No, there's these things called a a vial of fantasia that you mm. can use to completely change your character. So I switched my little tiny Lollafell boy into a big beautiful bunny boy, and I regretted it immediately. Yeah, 
It's not mine. <laughs> you can't make That's that change mine. so late in the game. I can't make it. It's it's. Uh, I've. I don't. I hate him. <laughs> I hate him so much. Um, and then I like played through the first cutscene, and I literally had this moment where I showed up to the the new big sort of capital city of the of the expansion, and like you know half an hour in, and I was like, I don't. I can't do this right now. Like I don't have. I don't have the. Uh, I don't have the time to really dip into this right now and I want to be able to savor it. Yeah. So I figured I was I was like a year late to Shadowbringers, the last DLC that everybody said was like, oh, this is the best Final Fantasy story ever. So I don't think I mind doing that again with this one and just, you know, whenever I have a clear chunk in my my schedule, Uh-oh. just getting get the, in there. The listeners are gonna be mad. They want they want the full Griffin update on Endwalker. Yes. I mean I, it takes a lot of time to get into one of these, and it's the it's like the busiest time of year it's true. Uh, for 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 me personally, and so like I can't uh, I can't do that I can't RSA. do that y'all, and I don't I don't want to I almost don't want to spoil it for myself by playing an hour of it every week, and because that's how you lose momentum, especially with an MMO. Um, so you know I'll have I'll have things to say about it someday. I I do want to ask you though. Please describe the experience of traveling with Binding of Isaac, which is, in my opinion, the best travel game ever it's made. It's fucking, it's so good. It's so good. And I really do think Repentance, the DLC that just came out, is like what makes it for, for me. Yeah. Uh, it's so good. It's the most like, okay, one more one more run game that I've maybe ever played more than like Spelunky. Uh, where like if I have a mission in mind or I have like an unlock that I'm going for, like I can't put the game down. Yeah. Like I have to keep trying, and you know, find the right synergy of of items that I know is going to like carry me through. Uh, it's it, I I have put a lot of time into that game in the last uh last couple last couple weeks, I guess. Yeah. Because it's like the the Switch is the only thing I really play these days. Which I can't wait to talk about Goaty stuff because I think all my stuff is on the Switch because I have a new baby, and so I can't be up in my office all day playing PC. Um, <laughs> Steam Deck, baby, someday. S- someday, yeah, in 2029, the Steam Deck console. Yeah, uh, uh, yeah. I think it should really good. It shouldn't be diminished that Binding of Isaac, because it auto-saves like, every yes. single room you walk into, there is never a moment where you can't turn the game off and know that your progress is saved. And that is a very rare thing for yeah. most games. And you're just constantly unlocking stuff. Yeah. There's like, a, pretty much every time you finish a run, you unlock something new. But also like there's little uh, kind of like hidden achievements almost that you, just like every run, you'll unlock a couple new items or a new challenge to play through or a new, you know, whatever. It's, it's, the, it's got so many carrots on so many sticks. Uh, and it's wild how this game went to, uh, went from like an afterthought to me to like one of my favorite sort of gaming experiences yeah. right now. Chris Plant. Y'all. I saw that I saw that licorice pizza. PT Anderson. Back, yeah. PT Anderson, he's done it again. Uh it, it's it's pretty good. Uh first the I Resident thought. Evil movies and now this. Hey now. No. Get your Andersons mixed up. <laughs> See what you're doing, you little goofball. Is that all, all right. you had to say? You just wanted to say the name of the movie? I mean, the, the game's like, or, that movie's not out in most places. It comes out like uh, at Christmas. So, you know, I don't want to spoil that movie for people. I'll just say that I, I largely enjoyed it. Had I do know, all moments. I know really that is that uh, the son of, of uh, Philip Seymour Hoffman is the star of it. D. 
did that gene pass along to him, the acting gene? Oh my gosh, yeah, he's great. Cooper Hoffman, a star. Alan Haim, also a star. The entire Haim family is in the movie. I like For that. people who like Haim. All the Haim. <laughs> a gaggle of a gaggle of Hames. I want to thank the following people for writing reviews about the Besties podcast. It's a podcast. Uh, we have Ben, the Jedi, Dangerous Eggsteam, not Forrest Gump, The Criddler, and Blazing Scourge. Thank you for writing reviews. Uh, we just very recently passed 4,000, oh my God, 4,000 reviews oh on gosh. Apple Podcasts. So awesome. Love to see it. Uh, we appreciate you guys and everyone else who has written reviews um, for the podcast. Uh, it means a lot. It helps share the show. If you don't have Apple Podcasts or haven't figured out how to write a review, uh, you just share it on Twitter as well. That's another option. But uh, regardless, we we appreciate all of it. Um, I just wanted to mention, I started a bold new video series on the McElroy Family YouTube channel where I play through a randomizer run of Link to the Past. Oh my gosh. Uh, as, Guy, as Guy Fieri and also One Hit Kills are turned on. Uh, and it's a, it was, it was wild. I feel I like if you're going to play as Guy Fieri, you should probably say his name, how it should yeah, be Fieri. said. Fieri. It feels, it's, I, to be honest, guys, when I do say it like that, I do feel like Chris Pratt trying to do Mario. Fair. <laughs> Fair. We it's haven't heard the voice yet. We don't know what the voice is. He said, right, but it's, TBD. okay, but my man, my man is kind of in a Kobayashi Maru, isn't he? he? Is. Because if he gets out there and he's like, hey, everyone, it's me, Mario, then everyone's gonna be like, that sucks. But if he does like Full on. a really, really robust Italian accent, there's also going to be people who are like, oh, I don't know, Christopher, <laughs> are you sure? <laughs> Uh, At least we know that Keegan-Michael Key will be fine as Toad. There's no question yeah, in my sure. mind. Yeah, unless they try to make him go like, <laughs> just Toad's fucking voice. What? Uh, yeah, is that your pitch? I think you should just play Toad. That was spot on. It was pretty good. Toad, Master Chief, I've got range. You do. Uh, next week. Oh, wait, Chris. Wait, oh, yeah. So here's about? what we talked about this week. We talked about Halo Infinite, uh, the main game in the multiplayer. They're available on Game Pass. We talked about Loop Hero Switch. We talked about Binding of Isaac and uh, the new expansion to Final Fantasy XIV, Endwalker. And we talked about Licorice Pizza. Um, it's pretty great. And, uh, and yeah, that's it. And then next week, take it away, Griffin. What's next week? Next week is the Goatee. We're there. We're, we're approaching the event horizon of the Game of the Year discussions. Uh, we have our picks picked out. I think, do we have the audience uh, votes tallied to put together the bracket yet? People, people who listen to this now, you have one day left, if you are listening to this the day that it came out, to vote on the listener bracket. And it is at the Besties Pod on Twitter. Uh, it, the vote closes Saturday night. Make your yeah, vote count. So now you know what you're doing Saturday night is you're <laughs> sitting down in front of your computer and making four nerds talk about which virtual delights uh, they they think are the best. No, I'm looking forward to it. I genuinely uh, I don't I don't know what is even going to be on the bracket, let alone who is going to come away with the crown. So I'm excited. Uh, we will see. Okay, that's that's gonna do it. Thank you so much for listening to the Besties uh, or the Besties Pod on Twitter. Uh, we have merch over at, is it at McElroyMerch.com? Is that where we're selling them? I think they're merch? all together, yes. Yeah. yeah, I think they're all one big lump. Uh, so yeah, we got merch there. Um, and I, I think that's it, yeah. 
So make sure you join us again next week for the beginning, part one of our goatee discussions. And until then, this has been the besties. Because wouldn't it, wouldn't it be better hmm. if hmm. if we did? If wouldn't it be better if we picked the best games together? Totally. Da 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 da. <laughs> da 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 da. da.